Hi everyone, welcome to Limping for Jesus, episode 64. I am your host, Pastor Mike Matthews. Um, I'm, ro- I'm rocking my Christmas gift from my lovely wife, Sarah, which is my Captain Kirk hoodie. So I have to wrap my nerd fandom of Star Trek with the new season of Captain Picard coming up. But today... We are going to talk about a issue that is important to me, um, and it's why pastors quit ministry. Why do they um, burn out? Um, and as a pastor who was a lead pastor for five years and who have been in ministry uh, since I was 24, I have seen it all. I have seen it the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to uh, pastoral ministry. So what I'm hoping you will do is have humble hearts to sit down and let's look at this like we're meeting at a coffee shop and I'm sharing you my heart as a pastor because I care about the man and the family behind the man that you see every Sunday uh, up at the pulpit. Because the problem is that he's a real person. He has a heart. He has a soul. He has a mind. And this stripped down episode today is going to hopefully give flesh and bone and blood to that man that you see leading your church. So uh, what we are going to do is we are going to start off with... Hopefully, we are not going to say that they leave for sinful reasons. We're not looking at that Um, because this church is full of scandal through the history of the American church. What we are looking at is, is a man that is above reproach, a man that is a legit pastor. He can preach. He can teach. He can provide pastoral counseling. He walks the walk, okay? We are going to talk about why that type of pastor quits, why they burn out in ministry. Uh, today, we are going to be looking at uh, the the Bible, and we are going to look at a couple verses in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Because I want to start here because y- you need to understand why God gave you, uh, gave the church pastors. So we are looking at Ephesians chapter 4, and I am using the ESV.com uh, uh, Bible because I, I use this for my personal study, my online study Bibles on there. Uh, so, okay. Ephesians chapter 4. Starting with verse 12, uh, you see there, uh, let me back up. No, I want to look at verse 11. Okay, so it goes, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we 
all attain the unity of faith and of knowledge and of the Son of God to mature manhood or womanhood in God to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, right, right there. You need to know that the role of the pastor is to help you become the best disciple you can and to do the ministry of the church. He is there to equip you, to help you unpack your gifts, the spiritual gifts that will help the church grow, to help reach the lost for lack of a better term. He is not there to do it all. And I pastored in small towns, mostly rural ministry. And and I know in a lot of bigger churches, this problem is still an issue where, uh, you know, I've been on countless pastoral interviews. And most churches think that when they hire a pastor that they are getting their the the spouse and the kids as free employees so what happens is uh the pastor takes on too much of a workload and it causes stress between uh him and his spouse and his family uh because the 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 um success of the church is put on this family's back. And most times, it's for uh, low pay. So, uh, one time I asked for a raise. And, God bless them. Here's what was told to me. It's God's job to keep you humble. It's your job. It's our job, Pastor Mike, to keep you poor. And, let me tell you. Uh, I wasn't asking for Jewel Oldstein type money. I wasn't asking for airline money. I was asking for, hey, can uh, can Pastor Mike get a get a car that, you know, Toyota Toyota uh, Toyota money? Can I just get a car that, you know, the window rolls up? It works. So, pastors are uh, in their families are expected to serve the ministry, serve the Lord, without being um, provided for financially. Uh, uh, this idea in Christian ministries is uh, they say things like, um, uh, serving the Lord is your payment, right? Uh, give it to uh, the Lord. I was a substitute teacher at, at a private Christian school one time, and they were... They were notorious for not paying their teachers on time, and they would say that they would they would tell people, uh, you know, uh, um, just count it as you're serving the Lord. Listen, pastors got to eat too. Pastors got to eat too. Their families got to eat. So you're so you're expected to be above reproach. You're expected to be example to the flock you're supposed to uh you and your family is supposed to be all in and be gung-ho do the service of the ministry 
and you're supposed to find out how to make ends meet. Um, that type of mentality puts stress on a pastoral uh, family. Uh, it's not fair at all. Uh, you know, uh, should, the, should the pastor be living in an eight-room mansion, uh, driving private boats, airlines? That is not that is not what I want to get into. Probably not. Uh, however, they should not be struggling day in and day out. Um, you know, I went many years without glasses, new glasses, uh, at one point in my ministry because my church couldn't afford insurance. Um, I, I have always been a bivocational pastor for the most part. I was only uh, able to be um, uh, a senior pastor uh, as a full-time job uh, for five years at my first pastorate, um, a pastor in a church. But for 14 years prior, I had to work a full-time job and do ministry so I could provide for my family. It is so crazy to expect a pastoral family to do all the ministry, to be at every event, to to expect a spouse to be a free employee. That's not fair. You know, my my wife um, is an introvert. She's she is great with one on ones, but she is not gonna be at the she's not gonna be able to just be at huge events and be at the door to greet everybody and and be you know just be a cheerleader for you uh all the time. It's not in her DNA. Um she loves ministry to women. But Many times, what happens to pastoral's wives is they find themselves doing ministry that they are not called to do. And the need is not the call, all right? Um, there, there, I heard a horror story a couple months ago of um, a pastor's wife did not feel called to uh, teach the preschool Sunday school, but the church expected her to. And... And uh, she started donating it. Uh, she started volunteering and teaching the Sunday school for preschool kids. Okay, preschool is an age um, that if you're not called to work with any age of kids, you shouldn't be there because that ministry is going to suffer. Well, this pastor's wife told the pastor, "I I will help out for a little bit, but I don't want to do it forever." And because of pressure, stigmas in the church, it, it caused friction between this couple because no one was stepping up. And it was just assumed that the wife would do that ministry. Uh, when I been on interviews, okay, they, they always want to meet your wife. And in the last church I worked at, I made sure the senior pastor known and in the church community know the last 
three church committees that I was on. I made I made them clearly aware that my wife has a, a mental exhausting full-time job and that she will not be uh, pressured in doing something she's not called to do. The need is not the call. If you're not called to a certain ministry or you don't have that gifting in that realm, uh, that ministry is going to suffer. When I was a youth pastor, I had many adults say, you know, I think I want to volunteer uh, for youth ministry. I'm like, okay. But after one week, they go to a youth event or a youth group, they would come back and say, I hate kids. Duh. So if you're not called to a certain ministry, don't do it. But sadly, too many times, pastors and their wives are not given this same grace. They, you know, one time I asked the church, um, what is your outreach plan? What is your uh, plan for evangelism to our community? And for you guys, you don't know the term evangelism. It means to um, share the gospel with people outside the church. And they said, our plan is we hired you. Well, that's not a good answer. Because here's what happens. Churches hire a pastor. The community gets excited. Young families might come to church. They, they come because they like the pastor and the family. And when that pastor leaves, because he did everything, uh, the church has a restart with the next guy because he didn't equip other Christians in that church to do the work of evangelism, to understand how to do outreach. He doesn't raise up other men and women of God to sustain the ministry uh, after he leaves. Um, part of that, I, I, I don't know. Part of that is the culture of uh, small church ministry. Uh, I would expect that it's an urban setting also. But the problem is some ministries become personality driven and not spirit led. And when a ministry is based on a personality, you're going to see when that personality leaves, um, they they have to hit the reset button. So like the verse says, verse 12, you were given a pastor to help equip the saints for the work of ministry. So the pastor comes alongside you to help you unlock the gifts that God gives you. And the Bible tells us that Christians get at least one spiritual gift when they become a Christian to help the greater good in the body. So that's number one on why people need ministry is they, they just get burned out. Like, like it was such a struggle for me to um, uh, go to church, uh, preach the word, uh, model the character of Christ, 
and and have stress at home, knowing that we're struggling and 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 financially just uh, not getting through, but um, and not getting help from our church family. Okay, so that's number one why why pastors burn out is. Being a pastor does not exempt you from uh, paying bills and needing to provide for your family. So that's number one. Uh, number two, uh, they're not seen as real people. Um, they they are expected to be perfect. They are expected to be to be slimless and faultless. And you know, and when they when people start to realize they're real people, uh, they start to judge them. They Christianity loves to put people on pedestals, and they also love to tear them down. They love to rise, raise people up to just knock them down. We're the one army who shoots their own. So you had this daunting pressure of feeling like you need to act like you got your stuff together all the time uh and you don't just because someone has the calling of a pastor does not mean they are sinless okay uh they're not they're not jesus they need grace too so so that another reason uh, a pastor feels like he can't be himself. Um, I to to uh, combat that. I have always tried to be the man I am in the pulpit that I am when you meet me at the grocery store. Um, I always say that I'm a hot mess, but I'm Jesus's hot mess. Pastors need to have this heart attitude of when people ask me how I'm doing. Um, you, you have to have a humble heart saying I'm learning and growing. However, inside the church, it is hard for pastors to, to let people in. I once heard an older pastor say, my only accountability partner is Jesus himself. And when I was at, when I was at this conference, when he said that, People kind of chuckled and, and uh, balked at that, like because you know we need accountability. However, I get it because I have I have opened up to people in the congregations I have pastored, and it backfired majorly on me. Like they, I allowed someone that to know something that happened to me or I was struggling with something and they start they started lying about me and spread gossip. So you had this pressure of one, I need to do all the ministry. I need to do it all. I need to be the face of the church. And then you had this pressure of um I need to be perfect and I'm not perfect. And when people find out that I'm perfect that I'm, I mean that I'm not perfect. They start to judge me. Okay, uh, that's what that's two reasons why pastors end up quitting. 
another reason, and, and this is going to be huge, is I believe a lot of pastors, because we are with people at their lowest, we counsel a lot of people who go, who are going through hard things that we, uh, uh, we um, don't t- take time to work on our own mental health. Uh, mental health is a huge stigma inside most churches. In our culture, outside of church, uh, it is not popular for men to open up about their mental health struggles. I, I think about uh, Jason David Frank uh, of Power Rangers fame, who uh, just took his own life not that long ago. Um, I watched a video of him talking about um, uh, someone who committed suicide, and he said all the right things about not letting your fans down, not letting your family down, to only um, uh, to uh, lose a battle with suicidal thoughts. Suicide rates, I don't know what they are among pastoral can, uh, folks. Um, because I don't think there's been a lot of study done on it. But I know the last uh, five years that I, I've been in full-time ministry, it seems like I'm hearing a different uh, case every month of a pastor taking their own life because um, mental health is not something that we typically talk about in church. Uh, my wife shared a post from a pastor uh, that talk about that around, I think, 3,000 to 5,000 pastors quit every month or every year, I think. I think 3,000 a month is a lot. I think about 3,000 a year. And he suggests just asking your pastor, hey, pastor, um, how, how are you doing? My first year as a lead pastor, I had a gentleman who uh, told me every Sunday that I was not his pick for pastor, but he went along with it because that's what the church committee wanted. He never warmed up to me. He never warmed up to me in the five years I was there. Hearing, um, Hearing that every Sunday... When I was serving that church and trying to be a shepherd, trying to be a pastor, trying to love people well, trying to be people at their at their lowest, it hurt my mental health with with the low pay, with all the stresses that come with ministry, and to have someone every friggin' Sunday tell me they didn't like me, it, it messed with my head. I don't care who you are. If you showed up to your job every single day, um, that will uh, mess you up. Another reason is a lot of churches are like social clubs with Jesus sprinkled on it. They do not want a pastor. They want um, an entertainment director. People who get into ministry who are above reproach, 
who meet the biblical qualifications, we we are not in it for the money. I told my churches all the time, I do not want to be a social club director. I want to be a pastor of a church who is an embassy of heaven, who mission is to know Christ and to know to know him and make him known. And too many times what churches want is they just want someone to show up on Sunday and preach. They don't want someone being a pastor. They definitely don't want anyone to call them out on their sin. They definitely don't want anyone to preach anything that will convict them and challenge them to be the hands and feet of Jesus. They want to be a club. They think about church twice a week maybe. On Wednesdays, they have a midweek service and on Sundays. In my video yesterday, I talked about a guy that kept his Bible at church. The only time he opened his Bible was on Sunday. And I would get frustrated because Sunday school was 40 minutes of gossip. gossip. Men gossiped more than the women. And then 10 minutes of Jesus time where they read a chapter from a Bible. Okay? That's not going to help you uh, be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, um, the club mindset is the pastor is the whipping boy and the employee of the church, and you do what we say. One time after Bible study, and and I I have never let my cerebral palsy hold me down. Okay, if I can try to help the the church, I want to do it. And I was taking out the garbage. And a person told me, ha, about time you do something worth your money. What? Excuse me? Uh, I wanted to palsy punch them, but the Holy Spirit went out. I mean, I could have got away with that. I would just oh, spasm. But that type of mindset um, is ridiculous. And it just wears a passer down. Um one time, I had a friend of mine donate uh, student Bibles for the youth group, and and um, I they were free. Okay, I had them on the back pew of the church. Okay, someone came in, didn't know, didn't ask me where we got the Bibles. In, in Sunday school, I heard him say, who gave the pastor the right to buy new Bibles? Mm. Do you see that mentality why pastors would want to peace out? You have a problem with, and they sit on big words, student Bibles. You have an issue with a box of new Bibles? First, they were used, and we the prior knowledge was I told them that I wanted to give kids Bibles for you know who didn't. I I was pastoring. I was I was pastoring the church, and I was being the youth minister too. So I was doing it all. Okay, and and when you're doing it all, and you're trying to serve the Lord, and you're trying to love on people, and then you have these people squawking in the background, 
I, you can see why a lot, a lot of pastors get pissed and they leave. Like, I, I don't want to be in that type of environment. It's not fun. And, and so there's that, okay? So you can see why the club mentality um, will uh, make a pastor leave. It's not fun. So, um, I, I never forget. Um, maybe I'll do a part two of this down the road. But you have your mental health is being beaten to a pulp. You have people having unrealistic expectations on you. You have um, just the club mindset. You know, A.W. Tozer in his book about the Holy Spirit he, he said this when he wrote this back many, 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 many years ago that a church can have good programs. They can have a good speaker and the Holy Spirit not be there. And they truck along for five years until anyone ever notices. Because they're acting like a nonprofit. Um, club with Jesus sprinkled on top. Um, so I can imagine that if you're if you have never heard this perspective from a pastor, I hope that you, this will uh, give you more sympathy for pastors. Um, here's what you can do to help. So here's what you can do to help. Um, be kind to your pastors. Um, ask him what you know. How are you doing? How's how's your home life? How's your marriage going? Um, uh, what can we do to help uh, lessen the burden um, with the ministry that you're called to do? Your pastor is number one. His number one calling is to make sure he unpacks the scriptures so you know how to apply them to your life. His number one ministry is the, the handling of the word of God. Uh, he's not there um, to, to make you feel like your preferences um are want well we don't like the bible translation he used we don't like the worship style he, the church is doing um we don't like the, i don't like this i don't like this i well good news it's not about you it's about the lord worship is about jesus and if your pastor is being faithful in that then you need to give him grace um i can tell you that um, he's, uh, he's probably not going to be, he's probably going to have some walls up at first because he's been burned. If he's been in ministry, uh, any amount of time, uh, he's going to have walls up because he's been hurt. So as a congregation member, you need to do some heart, uh, heart work. Like, have we done anything that would make um ministry harder for people um pastors deal with some 
hard things um, from hospital visitations to counseling people. I've been with people at their darkest moments. Uh, I've counseled people through death of children, uh, uh, suicide of spouses. Um, it's heavy stuff that's on our heart. Plus, we have um, home life to deal with and all the stresses that came with it. Uh, my last ministry that I was involved with, um, it, 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 it felt the window of me um, being there uh, have coincided with my wife's uh, father um, having a health issue. He had a heart attack. He almost died twice. And we we decided to help the family. And we our home was more accessible at the time because um, my wife's mother and sister uh, got COVID. So he moved into our house. So I started a new church job, and uh, and we were trying to help the family and take in our living room became like a makeshift uh, hospital room with a hospital bed and oxygen tanks and and uh, my wife worked a full time job. I was in ministry full time, and there was a lot of times where we had to choose. Um, we had to choose to take care of him um, and, you know, duck out on some uh, ministry events. This was not received well by certain people. And it just, it makes ministry hard because um, if someone got mad at you for you, think about it. Let's, let's make it personal for you. If your job got mad at you because you were taking care of your father-in-law or your dad or your mother that got sick, you would tell them to go pound salt. But pastors don't get that grace. That needs to stop. You need to see your pastor as a human first. He is a father. He is a husband. He is a son. He is a grandson. He is a he is a human being. I want my my aunt passed away last year, and my supervisor called me and said, "I'm sorry about your aunt," and immediately jumped into. Hey, you're not a team player, are you? On the day that my aunt died, you called to critique my performance as a fellow pastor? Really? Really? So you can see why pastors end up peacing out. Like, I can go do a so-called secular job help provide for my family, and then do ministry and volunteer at a church. Or I can do my own ministry, control the content, not have people beating down my my heart and my spirit and my soul. I, I think that's why a lot of pastors are checking out of um, traditional church settings. 
I would I would want to encourage people in the local church. If you are a pastor, brothers, don't give up. Don't give up. Um, it might not be you. It might be a bad match. Um, it might the the church and you are just not uh, called to to be together. Uh, if they are an unhealthy church, don't quit. Um, move on. Um, do not kill your heart, kill your walk, hurt your marriage, hurt your spouse, your children for a dying church. If they are unhealthy and they are they are um, a church that is not only plateaued, but there's they're just there's a group of church mafia that controls everything and they don't want to grow. They don't want to reach new people. They, they just want to sing the same hymns and read from the King James Bible and, and make their self feel good every Sunday. That's not the place for you. So there's that. Uh, have friends outside of your congregation. Have people who love you, who care for you, who can uh, hold you accountable. Uh, and listen, I'm going to be honest with you. You're there to serve them. They are not there to serve you. So don't make pulpit time your personal therapy session. Show people, you know, if you've been a pastor who's been through hard things, um, show them who your pain made them, but don't always show people your pain. You don't need to tell them everything about you because you know, and you've been in ministry long enough that people will use whatever you share down the road against you, okay? So get a group of friends outside of the congregation that that um, you can trust, to help you be the man you're called to be. And put your spouse, your marriage, and your family above uh, above ministry. Marriage over ministry first. Um, if your pastoring is hurting your your marriage, homie, you gotta you gotta go. You gotta go. It is not the church for you. And back to congregation. Be kind. Love your pastor as a real person. Um, care about their kids. Uh, ask them if they can. You can watch their kids so they, they can go on a date night. So their the husband and wife can just be a husband and wife. And don't beat around the bush. Uh, if you're if you're interviewing a candidate for uh, um, pa- on a pastor church, don't make them wait months. Yes, you should prayerfully pray about who your next pastor should be, but do not drag it out for six to seven, eight months while that pastor still got bills to pay. That that your yes be yes. In your nose, no, okay? Because in my ministry, churches have brought me in for pulpit supply, and for seven, eight months, I would preach and fill their pulpit on Sundays. 
But at the last minute, after months of mostly free labor, they would bring in someone else to be their lead pastor. One one church many years ago told me, Pastor Mike, um, we are going with this other guy, but don't worry. Uh, we go through pastors like water. You'll get your shot. Red flag, right? First of all, I don't want to be at a church like that. Um, if you are known for how quickly you fire churches, not a cool legacy to have. So change that if you are a church. It, love your pastors well. And they don't want to stay. They, you know, stick with the guy. Like 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. You know, the reason why Rick Warren was successful at Saddleback is because he dedicated 30 years to his city in a church. He's like, I'm going to give this church this many years. Okay? Every time my elders would disagree with me, they would bring up how quick they fire pastors. And that was to bring fear into me that I want to get out of pocket and say or do things that dis that displease the church mafia. Homies, we can't do that to pastors. So I hope that this episode has helped you love your pastor better. Pray for pastors. Pray for their families. Love their families. Give them grace. They're not perfect. They are going to let you down. You're going to let them down. The family of God is full of sinners doing life together. So give them grace and limp well together. You know, when I was in Bible college, my first professor, I'll never forget this. He said to the men, he said to the pastors, he goes, if you could do anything else but pastoring, do it. Okay? And is and why he said that is it's not an easy calling. People don't respect pastors these days. My one of my mentors um told me here's a big problem in church culture. People who had no power in their life, they get in that church where they're not supervisors, they're not managers, they don't have any authority in their life. And often, at, at church, it is often the only place that they have power. Their elders, their deacons, Sunday school teachers, ushers, um, they they get authority for the first time in their life. And if they're, if they're immature, if they don't have the Holy Spirit, it goes to their head. And they, they act like it, okay? Ownership of your church is good. I want you to be proud of your church and what God is doing through your ministry. But... You are not your pastor's bosses. That's not how it works. You're not there to just make him do what you want. He's there to shepherd you. He's there to equip you. 
He's there to help you and love you and give you grace and give you mercy and model the Christian life. But he is not there to just take everything you have and, you know, I love that that song that came out uh, a couple... I'm not going to go there. That's for another day. Okay, so in closing, pastors are quitting because of a lot of these reasons. I hope that today's show will help you have more grace for the pastors in your life. Uh, God bless and have a great weekend.